0: Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, and verse 22 is where we want to start. As we continue with this, uh, we've been looking at on on, uh, led by peace, led by peace. And um, as you come tonight, I want you to be prepared. We're going to be ministering on this subject. Is there any hope? Is there any hope? And uh, if you're watching online, uh, if you can't be with us uh, tonight, you can join us for that as well. Um, You know, when, when we think about peace, I've been making this statement that peace in the life and the home of a believer is one of the highest evidences of the presence of God in that life. Peace in the life and the home of the believer is one of the highest evidences of the presence of God in that life. Uh, Because peace is not the absence of a problem. Peace is the presence of God in the problem. Right? Peace is evidence of the presence of God. And, And the more we look at peace, what I believe we're getting and gathering is peace is not a feeling. Peace is a force. Peace is... Something that overwhelms. Peace is something that uproots the issue. All right. And it's not just a feeling that comes over you. You know, sometimes uh, uh, people will say, well, you know, there was just a supernatural peace that came over me. It came up out of you. All right. It didn't just come up over you. It came up out of you. It was there. All right. When, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and we're going to continue To look at this from Galatians 5, uh, verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, these are the fruit of the reborn human spirit uh, given to the believer at the time of salvation. And this is important to understand, and we'll look at this a little deeper in just a moment, But this is important to understand because they're part of the nature of God in the life of the believer. These fruit are part of the nature of God within the believer. And what happens is many believers mistakenly refer to these fruit as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And they'll say, well, they're the Holy Spirit's fruit. No, they're not. They're the fruit of the reborn human spirit. This is important to understand because I'm in charge of whether or not I'm at peace. I'm in charge of whether or not I walk in love. The Holy Spirit won't make you walk in love. He won't make you live at peace. He won't make you be long-suffering. He won't make you be kind. He won't make you be gentle. I have to do that, all right, because they're my fruit, all right? And, And in some people's life, the fruit is bigger than it is in other people's lives, all right? Well, why is it bigger in some lives than others? Cultivation and exercise. This is important, all right, because these fruit are part of the character of God. Understand that part of God's character is peace. Part of His character is long-suffering. Part of His character is love. And while I'm developing these fruit, I'm developing the nature and the character of God on the inside of me. There are people you know that are born again that the character of God is not in their life. They're not operating in the nature of God. They're born again, if they were to die they would go to heaven, but if you could say that if you could say that you see fruit, you couldn't say that. Because it's not there. There are people you know that when something happens, they're born again. But when something happens, they fall apart just like the world falls apart. Amen. These fruit ensure that that doesn't happen. Amen. Yes, but they have to be operated in. Look, look at uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. I'll show you the, the difference here. See, when you say, well, these fruit are the fruit of the Holy Spirit then what you're saying is that you expect the Holy Spirit to operate them. Amen. But that's, that's not how it is. In 1 Corinthians 12, 11, notice, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He says, all these work at that one and self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So this is referring to the gifts of the Spirit. All right, the gifts of the Spirit. And it states, the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts as He wills. Well, why does the Holy Spirit distribute gifts in the body? Because the gifts are for the body. All right? I can't just decide that I want to operate in the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge. I can't just decide that I want to operate in the gifts of healing or the working of miracles. That's a gift that the Holy Spirit disperses within the body for the body. They're really for the world. All right? But the point is is He divides them severally as He wills. So I can't just come to church every every service and decide today I'm going to operate in the word of knowledge. Can't do that. It's it's given as the Spirit wills. Why? Whose gifts are these? Holy Spirit's gifts. Who does He give them to? People. For what? Use. Right? The The gifts of the Spirit operates as He wills, The fruits of the Spirit operate as I will. If I want to operate them, I can operate them. Amen. This is important because, listen to me. Each of these fruit anchor us to an aspect of God and His character. Every one of these fruit anchor us to an aspect of God and his character. Hallelujah. I think it was two Wednesday nights ago we, we ministered on the seven compound names of God and how they connect to these fruit of the spirit. And uh, uh, you can get the CD or watch on, on uh, YouTube or however how you want to do it. But notice this: they're the nature of God in the believer. Now, these fruit are to be developed collectively. In other words, if you don't develop love, you can't develop peace. If you don't develop peace, you can't develop long suffering. If you're walking in love with someone, you're walking in peace with them. If you're long suffering, you're at peace. When you see somebody and they say, Well, I just got a quick temper, they have no peace. Have no peace. Everything sets them off. Hallelujah. Well, you know, it's just how I was raised. No, it's what, it's what you're not tapping into. You understand? That's one of the greatest things that I learned in my Christian walk was what God has given to me must be operated by me. Right? And, and I can blame it on ever what's going on. Folks, you can blame things on your past and you will usurp the ability of the nature of God to operate in your life. Because you're saying, where I came from is stronger than this fruit of peace. And people apply that to their families. You know, there's parts of your family, you know they do it. Well, we all worry. All the people in our family worry, all of our folks worry. Or whatever. All of our family has a short temper. And you go ahead and investigate and they all died young too. Because it shortens your life. But here, you understand? If God gave it to you, I've, I've got to operate it. It's part of his nature. What is the most important thing in your life as a believer is that the character of God is being developed. That's the most important thing in your life, is that the character and the nature of God is being developed in your life. Notice this. Hallelujah. So the development of each fruit aids in the development of the other fruit. As I develop love, right? See, if I love you, I want to be at peace with you. If I love you, I want to be long-suffering with you. Right? If if I love you, I want to be kind to you. Do you understand why Jesus said, if you're going to operate in the kingdom, you have to become like a little child? You know, children have to learn to be selfish. They have to learn to not be gentle and not be kind. And people teach them to not be gentle or kind by saying so. Don't let anybody run over you, son. Stand up and be a man. Stand up for yourself. Well, I know they need to stand up for themselves and stand up for what's right. But if you're not careful, you'll tell them the way to get, you'll teach them the way to get what they want is run people over. Or the way to get what you want is just be, uh, uh, you know, easy and just, just don't stand up for anything. Amen. When I'm at peace, I will stand up for what's right and maintain what's mine because I'm at peace with it. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Have, have you ever noticed that with, with our children? Have you ever noticed that, how kind they are to each other? Yeah. They want to share, right? Yeah. They want to help. Why? They haven't grown up and and somebody taught them that you don't share with everybody. Amen. 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 So they have to stand up. But Jesus said, if you want to operate in the kingdom, you got to become like a little child. How's a little child? Gentle, kind, considerate. Oh, quiet. It's real quiet. Y'all all all right? Loving. Loving. Meek, right? Amen. Peaceful. Isn't that one? Don't you want your children to have peace? Don't you want them to be at peace? Well, these fruit have to be developed. You want peace, so these fruit have to be developed. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. The reason why a lot of people are not at peace right now in our nation is they're not walking in love with the leaders of our nation. You can't have peace if you're not walking in love. Yeah, but do you know what they're doing? Quote me the scripture that says, I walk in love with them as long as they're not doing what I think they shouldn't be doing. And so people are not at peace because they're not in love. I'm just taking time to to show you. They have to be developed collectively. And and as you develop one fruit, it aids in the development of another fruit. And and the reason why this doesn't get the emphasis it should get at times is because we've emphasized the, the wrong thing. We emphasize power and miracle and gift over character, stability, and fruit. Look at Romans chapter 8. I've never had anyone ever come up to me and say, boy, I want the fruit of the Spirit really big in my life. But I've had lots of people come up to me and say, how can I work miracles? How can I exercise my faith for this? I'm helping you learn that right now. All right? Because, because, well, let's look at Romans 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. Notice what it says. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that's an important line, that he might be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, who did God foreknow? The whole, the whole entire creation. Every person born on this planet, God foreknew and foreknows. And every person that he has foreknow, foreknown, he has predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, that does not mean everyone will be. But it means that's everybody's destiny as far as God is concerned. What's what's the destiny? What are they predestined to do, to be? Conformed to the image of His Son. Is that right? Conformed, molded to the image of Jesus. That's what God desires. And that's not just you becoming a son, female son, male son of God. Just because you became a son of God does not mean you've been conformed to His image. I am His son, but I have to work to conform to His image. Is that right? Developing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives aids in our conforming to the image of Christ. One translation says, the Amplified Classic says, and share inwardly His likeness. Well, why does it say share inwardly His likeness? Whatever you're like on the inside is what you're going to be like on the outside. Amen. Amen. As we develop the fruit of the Spirit, we're developing the character of Christ. So as I develop the fruit of the Spirit... I'm developing the character of Christ. And, and, and that's why there's, there's so many avenues to go here. But, but that's why uh, you don't, you got to make much of this. That the fruit of the Spirit is operating in my life. The fruit of peace, the fruit of joy, the fruit of love, the fruit of, of patience. All right? All right? This is, this is making much in my life. Have you ever heard the statement, somebody would talk about their wife or talk about somebody they know, and they'd say, well, I got to keep mama happy because you know, mama ain't happy. Nobody's happy. Boy, they live with a brawling woman. You know, that should not be said about any Christian woman. That if she's not happy, nobody in the house is happy. Now, make no mistake, I got one job, keeping mama happy. Taking care of mama, that's my job, right? Every married man ought to be, hey, that's right, Just that's my job, right? But not because she's going to get upset if I don't, right? It, it should not be said about Christian men that, you know, we're the king of our castle, bless God. I come in, I say, jump, you say, how high? Right? I mean, you wash my hair and scratch my back. I give you all the freedom you want to do those things. That'd be quite a hair job there, amen. Amen. <laughs> You understand why I'm saying this? Because that's not conforming to the image of Christ. It's it's character that he's looking for. Amen. Now, look at Matthew 7. Because as I develop the fruit of the Spirit, I'm developing the character of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew 7, we'll read 15 and 16, then we'll read verse 20. He says, Beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing. Inwardly, they're ravening wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Whereby, by their fruits, you will know them. Now, we can see in perfect context, Jesus is talking about false prophets, and he said we would know them by their fruit. But we as believers, we're also known by our fruit. They're known by their fruit. I'm known by my fruit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus talks about the cultivation process. Mark 4, 28. For the earth bring forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. It requires time and effort to cultivate fruit. It requires time and effort. I don't, I don't care what you plant or what you're wanting to grow. You put the seed in the ground. You do your due diligence there. The ground knows what to do with the seed. The seed knows what to do in the ground, but it requires time and effort. It requires cultivation. It requires watering. It requires fertilization. It doesn't just happen. Amen. 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 Yes, ever, ever what you're growing. Amen. Boy, I had a good cucumber crop this year. Good cucumbers. Planted some cucumbers. It, they were good. But, but you know what? I watered them every day. I moved them out of the shade into the sun. I didn't let the sun beat down on them too long. When it was 110 degrees, three blocks from the gate of hell. <laughs> right? I, I had to move them in the shade. Right? Because you'd see the buds on them. They'd start drooping. Amen. Had to to stir the soil up, make sure I was aerating it. I got some good cucumbers. Amen. People say, boy, them are good cucumbers. They should be. I worked hard to get them. Right? But But listen, that's in any aspect of fruit bearing. Right? Right? You're going to cultivate this. There are people that you're going to look at and you're going to make a specific point to walk in peace with them. And you're going to cultivate the fruit of peace in your life. Amen. 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 There are people that you're determined to walk in love with. And you're going to cultivate that fruit of love. And it may be a challenge, but then when something else comes up, it'll just be there. It, that peace will just be there. Yes. Why? Because you've cultivated it. You've developed it. You've grew it up on the vine of your spirit, and it's there when you need it. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. God. And you did it intentionally. And, and notice, notice, it takes time and effort to do this. Now, see, very often... When, when we teach along these lines, especially when we teach about love, you know, it's, it's I, I want to be careful with this because it's kind of a, a laughing point because everybody's been there, right? Everybody's had to walk in love and put the other person first when the other person really in the natural kind of didn't deserve to be put first. But you're going to walk in love and do it anyway. And what do you hear throughout the church? I'm not saying you shouldn't. I've been pastoring a long time, and you just hear it. <laughs> and you hear that because everybody far and wide has been there. Right? Listen, I've got a lot of married men in here. And every one of us married men have come home after disagreeing with our wife in the morning. And, and we thought we got it fixed. Only to come home that night and find out it weren't fixed. Right? And what did you say? I'll tell you what you said. Something real smart. I thought we were over this. And that's the look you got. And they said something real wise. What made you think that? That's what you did. That's what all men do. When they're confronted with the wisdom of their wife. Get back to you. Right? Everybody has done that. Well, now now listen. What's, what's, What's the issue right there? Okay, first of all, okay. I'm going to walk in love. Where did I miss this? Because evidently, I did not give her whatever she needed to get past this. And I've had guys tell me, but Pastor, it isn't that big of a deal. (laughs) Says the husband. (laughs) If I'm walking in love, I'm walking in peace. I want to figure out what's causing you a problem. I don't want to look at it and say, that's no big deal. Get over it. I, what's causing you the problem? When you're dealing with people in the church, people on your job, I know that there are people that come up with things, and it's like they, want, they tell you what they're dealing with, and you're like, really? You're, you're upset about that? I, I understand, but you have grown. You have matured. You've got to the place where that is not a big issue to them. It's still a big issue to them if I'm cultivating the character of God on the inside of me and the character of Christ on the inside of me, I'm going to bear my brother's burden. Is that right? It takes time to cultivate that. It takes time. I didn't say it takes arguments. It takes time. The biggest way, oh boy, I'm going to do it again, Lord. The quickest way for you to end an argument is walk in peace. Forgive me. I apologize. Forgive me. Well, you don't even know what's wrong. It doesn't matter. I want peace. Mm -hmm. What's the Bible say in in, in the scriptures? Seek peace and pursue it. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? What are you pursuing? If you're seeking it and pursuing, what will you get? Peace. Is that right? I'll get it. If I'm seeking it, amen. 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 You don't have peace if the other person's afraid to talk to you amen. because you'll get mad. That's not peace, right. that's them not wanting to mess with you. Right. Oh, glory. Is that right? True. But if I'm cultivating peace, yes. then my wife can disagree with me. My husband can disagree with me, and it doesn't affect my peace. They might be right. They might be wrong. It doesn't matter. Is that right? You know, if you win an argument, you didn't win anything. That's important. When you have peace there, the argument ceases because it don't matter. Yeah, but I don't want, I, you know, I don't want, and here's what it comes down to. I don't want them to think they got one over on me. Doesn't matter. When you're in peace and love and joy and long suffering, it doesn't matter. You want the best for them. I want them to be better off than I am. Oh, Hallelujah. And when both people are pushing for peace, what do you think you're going to get? You know why I know there will never be world peace in our lifetime? You want to know why I know that? Because no nation really wants it. They want their way. Amen. They want the other nation to do what they want. You understand? Or do it our way. Boy, it got quiet. That's why when Jesus comes and sets up the the millennial reign for a thousand years on the earth, the Bible says there will be complete peace. Why? Because it will be a theocracy. Everything will be done God's way. There will be no consulting with anybody else. Glory to God. Amen. As long as you've got other people involved... Somebody's going to have to walk in peace. Somebody's going to have to take the low road. Somebody's going to have to, to take the road that nobody else wants to take. On, that's right. Amen. But that's character. That's character. You'll have a better marriage if you develop your character. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Whew. Yeah. John 13. I remember one time, Mother Cowan, y'all remember Miss Cowan? She's been in heaven some years now, but she came to this church. My Lord, she lived in her 90s. Is that right? 103. 103. 103. And uh, came to church every chance she got. I remember one time she'd been married to Brother Roy for a number of years. I led Brother Roy to the Lord when he was in his 80s, and uh uh she had been married to him, my Lord, 50 years. And I was teaching on marriage one night, and she came up to me after church and said, I wish our church would have taught us this when Roy and I first got married. Because, you know, she said, we were just taught to just make do, do the best you can. Hmm. you got to work on the fruit. you got to develop the character. John, John, John 13, verse 34. Am I helping you? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have loved one to another. So notice he said the distinguishing characteristic of his disciples, which is us, would be love. And love is what? A fruit of the Spirit. Hmm. Now notice he didn't say that they would know that we were his disciples by our gift. He said they would know us by our love, by the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Well, you know, peace can be seen. Right. When you're at peace and other people aren't, they can see it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Spiritual things always have an order. Spiritual things always have an order. Here's what I mean. If the fruit of the Spirit are cultivated first, which is character, then that's a safe place for the gifts of the Spirit to land or to operate. That character has to be cultivated. I've never seen one minister fall out of ministry because he couldn't operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But I've seen several fall because they had no character. You can violate your character trying to operate a gift. Because when you try to operate something that's not there, that's a violation of character. Amen. It's important. And when we talk about a violation of character, you know, people think of gross sins, adultery, fornication, things of that nature. Well, that certainly, that certainly would be a violation of character. Amen. Amen. But part of character also is finishing the job God gave you. Part Part of character is being judgment day honest all the time. Part of character is non-stop integrity between you, God, and everybody else. That's it. Part of character is admitting it when you made a mistake. Part of character is not gloating when your enemy falls. Part of character is not seeing what you knew was going to come on somebody and being okay with it. Part of character is being there to help pick them up. Right? Isn't that what the book of Galatians says? It says, brethren, it says if a brother be overtaken in a fault, he stumbles, he trips, he didn't get up that day and meant to go, mean to go do that, but he found himself in trouble. What did it say? Ron, Pastor Ron, it said, you that are spiritual. Now think about that. He cannot be talking about you that operate in the gifts. If you want to be spiritual, those seven fruit of the Spirit are operating in your life. And he said, if you're spiritual, which what's the first fruit of the spirit? Help me out. Love. So if I'm spiritual and my brother trips, my brother falls, what do I do? Pick him up and do what? Restore him. Is that right? I say, is that right? Listen, I I don't know who's done what. I do know some of you better than I know others. (laughs) I know Michelle's from Bonner. I know that. But anyway... Glory to God. You knew it was coming. Amen. But anyway, I know some better than others, but but think about this. What's the first thing you want to do when you miss the mark? It's not run back to church. Right or wrong? Especially if you missed it in front of some church folk. See, more chuckles. See, some. That's good. But what if you're going to a church not a brother or sister, depending on who, who missed it? What if you're a brother and you missed it and you're going to a church where, where Jeremy comes up and put his arm around you and says, look, brother, it's going to be OK. We've all missed it. We've all missed it. It's going to be OK. Come on, let's let's get back into fellowship with the Lord. Well, right. Yeah, but Jeremy, you don't know what I did. Look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He said if you're faithful to confess it, he's faithful to forgive it. So come on, let's, let's get back going. Amen. 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 Well, I don't want anybody to know. Well, God knows. Amen. So nobody else has to know because God knows. But I'm, I'm serious. What if, what if you're going to that kind of body? It's strengthening. There's a strength there. And not only does he restore him, he forgets about it. Doesn't bring it up. Is that right or not? Mm. See, that's a safe place for the gifts to operate. That's a safe spot for them to land. Amen. I've said for years that your anointing can take you somewhere your character can't keep you you got to develop your character. You never develop the anointing at the expense of your character. You've got, you got to spend more time on your character. Hallelujah. My pastor always taught me. He'd say, Philip, here's the thing with people. You walk in love and stay above the fray. Walk in love and stay above the fray. That's the key. When, when you're at peace, you don't ever think anybody's looking at you funny. Right. Have you ever known somebody that was just comfortable in their own skin? They didn't care what you thought about how they dressed. Right? Or what they looked like. Amen. Hallelujah. I know a guy with a full-blown mullet. Man, we are in 2023. I've not had a mullet since 1988. Now his mullet is beautiful, big and long. He can sing that mullet song. Amen. And can swish it. He said, what if he's watching? He's a friend of mine. He knows what I think. But here, here's the point. He don't care. And I'm fine with that. He is at peace. He is at peace. Now is that a fruit of the Spirit? I I, I don't know. It could be just like mullet. But, but here's the thing. You got, you got to transfer that over. And cultivate that character in your life. Because if you don't develop peace, you'll always be concerned about what other people think. Amen. Amen. It's better to be known as a person of character than a person of miracles. Hallelujah. I remember one time there was a couple that came to the church and, uh, Uh, They wanted to meet with me after service. They were newcomers. They wanted to meet with me after service. And so we met. And and when we met, uh, it was was interesting because he brought his resume. And he said, you know, we've been here uh, a few services. And and he said, "Uh, uh, you know, I like the atmosphere, the anointing. He said, but I believe that we could help your praise and worship. And his words were we could really do some good production. I said, okay. I, I didn't even know him. And he showed me his resume. sure enough, he had produced television specials and, and these different things. And he said, so what do you think? And I said, well, brother, I'm big on faithfulness. And I said, I think if you were to take the next six months and just come to church, be regular, we could talk about some things. So he and her left. I didn't see him for three weeks. After three weeks, he came back. He wanted to meet with me again. He's a little hot. I want to know if we're going to be able to use our grace gift in this church. I said, brother, I'm real big on faithfulness. And if you'd just come to church for the next six months and be here, we could talk about it. Never saw him again. He was more interested in putting on a program than cultivating his character. I could tell he had no character because he'd left a friend of mine's church and tried to talk about my friend to me. There's no character. I'm going to tell you something. If you were by some chance to leave this church, keep your mouth shut. Leave and go wherever you're going and go be at peace. I don't expect any of you to leave, but. People leave and talk and leave and talk. And you know what you do when you talk about somebody? You show your immaturity. You show that that fruit of the Spirit is not being cultivated in your life. Amen. Amen. The Bible says love keeps no record of a suffered wrong. Is that right? The fruit of the Spirit... In our lives are the expression of our true identity. we got to learn to live from the inside out. we got to learn to live from the inside out. Look at uh, Galatians 5. I'm hurrying a little bit. You said you could handle some more today. I don't want you to come and be deficient. Amen. Hallelujah. Might as well, I mean... You don't have nothing else to do today, right? Glory to God. You say, well, I do. Well, you can go on and go do what you need to do. Be back here at 6. And we can pick up where we left off. Amen. Galatians five sixteen, Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Notice verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ, have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Amen. One translation says, live your whole life in the Spirit and you will not satisfy the desires of your lower nature. So what's it saying? The believer is to regulate their lives by the Spirit. Live our lives through this fruit. Amen. And and notice it's not automatic. Because this is the key. The fruit of the Spirit are not just going to flow out of our lives. Our bodies have to be trained. Our mind has to be trained. They have to be trained. Amen. And notice this. Right in between these verses, verse 22 and 25, is this verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. That's so important because sandwiched in between the fruit of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit is crucify the flesh. Well, to crucify the flesh is simply this. The flesh is not calling the shots. Amen. Because, because there's something bigger being cultivated. There's something greater being cultivated. Hallelujah. Now, understand, when you were born again, According to Galatians 2.20, it said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God that died and gave himself for me. But he's talking about the old man and the new man. I, old man, am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I, new man, lives. Yet not I, old man, but the new I lives. Right? So the focus should be on the new me and the fruit of the new me. I got more in this series because remember there, there's, there Paul was writing to uh, uh, the church and he was talking about them before Christ. And he said, before you were born again, listen to what he said. What fruit did you have before you were born again? And he listed the fruit they had. Then he said, in parentheses, that's not the fruit of righteousness. And if you listened Wednesday night, we talked about how the, the effect of righteousness is peace in your life. And when you're you know how righteous you are with God, peace is the result of it. Amen. So before I was born again, I had fruit that came from living after the flesh. Now that I'm born again, I have fruit that comes from living after the spirit. But what's sandwiched in between it? Crucify the flesh. Now think about this. Who does that? Me. I have to tell the flesh, no. Amen. I have to tell the flesh, we're not doing that. Amen. Why? Because I choose to operate these fruit. So it's, it's what I choose to do. And, it's, and it's, not, it's not a legalistic term. It's not something that, that you may have heard where you're up, boy, you got to kill the old man and something that you got to do every day. Paul did say, I die daily. I get up every day and I die, but it becomes not a struggle. Listen, there's a greater law in anything that you do. And the fruit of the spirit is the greater law. And if the flesh is trying to run away with you and you turn to the fruit of the spirit, you win. Because it's the greater law. If something's trying to take your peace and you keep turning to peace, you've turned to the greater law. It will always win. Because anything of God is greater than anything in the world. How do we know that? 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The greater one, the greater power, the greater ability lives on the inside of me. I have to turn to it. Peace doesn't just overwhelm you. Peace does not just overtake you. You've got to turn to it. I got to turn to it. Amen. That's part of crucifying the flesh. See, when we think crucifying the flesh, we think just in the area of sin. When you refuse to doubt, you're crucifying the flesh. When you refuse to worry, you're crucifying the flesh. When you refuse to be upset, you're crucifying the flesh. When you refuse to allow frustration, you're crucifying the flesh. Because all of those, everything that I just told you, none of those are fruit of the Spirit. They're all fruit of the flesh. Mm. Amen. So to crucify the flesh is that the flesh is not calling the shots. I'm cultivating the fruit of the Spirit character at the expense of my flesh. That's the proper order. I'm cultivating the fruit of the Spirit at the expense of my flesh. Not the other way around. Amen. Think about that for a moment. Anything that you do that will better your life, if you choose not to eat a thing or other, whatever it may be, I don't care how you eat, It's your business. But you, you decide this isn't good for me. It may taste good. Anybody ever been there? Right? But it's not good for me. What are you doing? You're sacrificing that for the betterment of your body. Amen. Do you know Christians are not supposed to vent? Christians are not supposed to just get it off their chest. Because, now bear with me. Who does that make feel good? the flesh, self. Well, I'll tell you what, I just had about enough and I finally just told them and I felt better after I told them, let them know what I thought. (sighs) Right? But the problem with that is the fruit shrunk and the flesh grew. We don't need to vent. The Bible says if you have a problem, present it to God and the peace of God about the problem would guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but pastor, that's, that's hard. That's what mature Christians do. Amen. I said that's what mature Christians do. Hallelujah. Listen, when you're raising children, why why is it important that they don't tattle? I mean, think about that. Have you ever told your kids don't be a tattletale? Well, why do we not want them to be a tattletale? Well, number one, we don't want them talking about people. And number two, it doesn't do you any good to talk about what somebody else did. Amen. Amen. Especially if they told you something. You don't want to run around telling everybody's bad things they did. I mean, that's where it starts. You know, I don't, I don't like Charlie because he picks his nose and wipes it on the desk. Well, nobody likes that. Oh, Charlie, booger picker. Nobody likes that. Right? <laughs> but you don't want to go around telling everybody. Right? Right? Listen, every, every class has got them. Lily has had a young man. They, they split her class this year because it got bigger, so it's first grade split. And uh, so I was asking her the other day. We were in Carline, and I, there's a, the, the, the Carline's a whole experience that you would have to see to believe. But anyway, I mean, you got kids hanging out the door, and they're talking about their day. I'll take pictures in the mirrors. It's, it's really cool. But anyway, I was, I was asking her about the car in front of me, and she and and it had these two little boys in it, and I won't name their name. And and I said, Are they in your class this year? And she said, Well, he is. And then she goes, but thank the Lord. The other one isn't. I I, you know, I, I really felt a little quick then right there. Mmm. Mmm. Say K ooh. Shunda. Just wanted to get out of the car. And just <laughs> But anyway, it was cute as it could be. But I, but I, had, I had to caution. I said, now, listen, you don't want to be saying that to people, that you're glad he's not in your class. I said, you know, he's a good little boy. He just he doesn't understand how to do these different things. And she said, I know, but I'm still glad. And <laughs> so... I don't know if we got the flesh crucified there or not, but but you understand. I I don't want her running around talking about how mean and ugly this little boy is. Right? Because you're rehashing something that, that you shouldn't be rehashing. This is important. If you're walking in peace, when you settled something, you have settled it. That's a dead issue. I'm at peace with that. Is that right? What, remember what Romans chapter 5 says? It's, chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have peace with God. Well, what, is that, what does that mean? Nothing between me and God. We're at peace. Is that right? Why? Because I'm righteous. When you grasp the fact that you're the righteousness of God in Christ, then you don't believe there's anything between you and God and you operate in a complete form of peace. And according to the, to the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, now you have learned the way of peace because you've learned righteousness. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Just answer it and tell him it's good. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit through Paul said, notice, if we're Christ, it's evident that we belong to him because we've crucified the flesh. That's evident. And so you're you're doing that at the expense of the flesh. Amen. Think of it this way. When you get up in the morning to go to work, you don't feel like going to work every morning. And it's not because you hate your job. It's because it's hard work. Amen. I mean, you're joyful to go, but it's like you know you're going to work hard. So, but what are you doing? Do you enjoy the benefits of your job? To get the benefits, what does it take? Here it is, crucifying the flesh. Amen. If I want the benefit of the fruit, i got to crucify the flesh. Because the flesh wants the preeminence. The flesh wants the number one position. Right? Have you ever noticed what a whiny baby your flesh is? It wants everything its way. I want people to talk to me the way they should, treat me the way they should, take care of me the way they should. I mean, stop and let me merge on the highway first. <laughs> right? When I go to Chick-fil-A, I want two pickles. I don't just want one pickle. I want two pickles. And I want my Arnold Palmer to be mixed just right. You know, when people do that, they'll go, wait a minute. This needs this needs a little more something. Something. You know, I I'm just this kind of guy. If they would if, if people told me that a lot, I'd have a, a jug with a sign on it that said something. Right? The fruit of the spirit aren't that way. And I know this can seem elementary, but it's 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 crucial to your development as a believer. If the lack of a pickle can set somebody off, there's some fruit missing. Right? I mean, have you seen, you know, you see on the news sometimes, there was a lady got in a fight over some ketchup packets, didn't have enough ketchup in her bag, and jumped across the table and pimp slapped that woman, just slapped her in the face well where's the fruit of the spirit and you know at the same time well I try to live good with everybody you slapped a woman because she didn't put enough ketchup in your bag that's the flesh glory now Romans 8 we crucify the flesh I'm almost done We crucify the flesh by walking in the spirit. And we give up, we sacrifice the works of the flesh when we walk in the spirit. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 13, he says, if we live after the flesh, we'll die. But if through the spirit we mortify the deeds of the body, we'll live. Mm. One translation says, if by the Spirit you keep putting to death, so it's consistent. It's something that's continual. I get up every day and do this. Hallelujah. It can be something as simple as you saying, today I'm going to walk in peace with everybody. I'm going to choose to do that. I've told you this before. There are times before I go in somewhere, I'll go, Lord, I forgive everybody in here before I ever go in there. Well, then, no matter what happens, i got it covered. Amen. Amen. So when we fill our spirits with the power that's in the Word of God, we exercise dominion over the body, and we tell it what to do. And that's not just gross sin. We tell the body what to do. And as I'm wrapping this up, we're going to get ready to receive communion, but I want, I want you to see this. You know, there's a reason that the Bible talks about, uh, uh, it's, it's often quoted from the book of Ecclesiastes or Song of Solomon, and it says, catch the foxes, the little foxes, because they spoil the vine. The little ones. Uh, here's what I want you to see. Those big things that are easy to walk away from, that's what people focus on. It's the little things that just constantly are there. There's nothing more annoying than a little heel napping dog. You say, how do you know? Because I got one. Four and one half pounds of pure poodle terror. But we'll let you know when somebody's there. Right, but just yep, 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 I'd rather have a dog that just looked at you and went woof, so you could go woo and take off, right? And that little yapper that's going to grab you when you turn around, you know. It's the little things. It's the little things, and here's why: the little things are things that people don't think matter. And those are what erode your character. Shading the truth. Not being 100% honest. I mean, most questions are yes or no. Did you do this? Yes or no? Not sort of, kind of. Well, did you say that? Well, kind of. Now, what do you mean by that? Either you said or you didn't. Right? See, those are the things that erode your character because it becomes a pattern. I've told you this before, and we laugh about it, but I've had people come to me, and people will talk, and they'll go, you know, and and they'll excuse their uh, being too intimate before they're married, and they'll excuse it by saying, well, you know, we're almost married, which is the exact same thing as not being See, that's a character issue. Is that right? Nonstop honesty before God. If you missed it, you missed it. If you said it, you said it. If you didn't say it, you didn't say it. Don't, Don't let that come in. Amen. I used to tell the people when I worked in corporate America, I was a unit manager. Over department, and I would tell them, I said, you know, if you come and clock in, and then you don't get to work for thirty minutes, you rob this company. And people would look at me like I was funny because everybody wanted to do it. And I said, you don't clock in at eight o'clock and not sit down to work till eight thirty. And then quit working at 3 o'clock and don't clock out till 4. Now, to us, that sounds simple because we're believers. What is that, though? A character issue. Who should be the most proficient person on their job? The Christian that has the fruit of the Spirit operating in their life. Amen. And then when people have an issue, they know who they can come to. Uh, Can I share one story with you? And I was just cultivating the fruit of the Spirit. I was by no means spiritual. Y'all can start passing the elements out. I was by no means spiritual. I mean, as far as walking in the fruit of the Spirit as I probably should have been, I was maybe 18. And I was working at a, a, a grocery distributor. And we had uh, gotten a new contract with a large supplier. And so what they had done was they had went and bought new trailers to take the first loads to this new supplier. And, and these trailers were new, and, oh, my goodness, the trucks look so good. And uh, part of my job was, was helping with the logistics of getting everything loaded on that trailer. And there was, there was a guy that worked there. He was, he was maybe younger than me. He might have been 17. And uh, uh, he had a, a Sharpie. And I, I came in the, the truck. I'd I'd went and pulled some orders and I came in the truck and he was writing a curse word on the wall with a sharpie and drawing a dirty picture. Well, I'm not his boss. It's not my place to say anything to him or to anybody else. I just went on about my business. Well, this is for that new contract. Well, they take the load to the new supplier and wouldn't you know it, two days later they call back and they said, well... Everything was good, but said, we don't understand this dirty graffiti on our new truck. Well, there's only four of us. So they called the four in. I still remember the man's name, Charles Faison. He was a minister. Brother Charles Faison. And uh, he, he was over that department. And he called us all in, called the first three in. All of them denied it. Nope, didn't do it. Called me in. Said, did you do it? I said, no. Said, do you know who did it? Yes. Who was it? This guy. Now, I've had Christians tell me that I ratted those people out. There are Christians that you know and I know. Nobody likes to think you need to work on your character. You need to work on your character. If somebody did something wrong and you know it and somebody asked you, you better tell him, because your character's on the line. You say, how'd that go? Not good. His brother threatened to beat me up, met me out on the dock. His brother was a bodybuilder. I know he was intimidated because I was, you know, maybe six feet one, and at that time I weighed a strapping 145. So he was intimidated by me, I know. But he came and told me, this is what's going to happen. And I said, okay. And he said, my brother did not have a pen in that truck. I said, yes, he did. My brother did not draw that picture. I said, yes, he did. He wanted to tell me to change my story. so I'm not going to change the story because this is the truth. And understand, I understood that much, and I was not as spiritual as I should have been. I can't say something didn't happen that happened. If you come up and ask me. See, I was fine to just let it go. I wasn't going to go tell on anybody. I'm just doing my stuff. But listen, when they ask you. Amen. Right? Remember what I always say, man? You come home and your wife says, where you been? This is not going to work. Well, I can't say. That's not going to work. <laughs> right? And what, and what demands that? Your character demands that. So what we want to do today, in, in the last few moments that we have together, we want to thank the Lord over communion, and we want to commit some things to Him. Now, I don't know everybody's life. I know my life. And I'm standing up here as your pastor. I've been some of y'all's pastor for 25 straight years. Amen. And there's still things I'm working on. I'm working on things. Listen, some of y'all don't know me from back then. I told a lady one time, she got upset at something I said while I was preaching. I'm not proud of this, but I'm going to tell you. Anyway, I'm telling you how the fruit of the Spirit has developed. We had pews at the time. And she got mad and started walked and, and, and showed it, got out in the island. <laughs> and she was going down. I said, Dear sister, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> now I said it. I did, I said it. I'm not proud of it. It was not one of my better moments. But I did say it. Because that was that was my mindset. You don't like what I'm saying, leave. I told people, I would tell them straight up, you don't like what... I'd go over and preach right at and say, you don't like what I'm saying, leave. Now, I've grown. I've grown. The fruit of the Spirit has been cultivated. Amen. Right? And I've said regularly, I've run some people off that shouldn't have been run off and kept some that I shouldn't have kept. But Kathleen has done a lot better. And and I'm really... uh, (laughs) I, I can I can kid I can kid with Kathleen and Marie and, and different ones and, and Yolanda. I gotta watch Daryl. Daryl kinda he he he'll pout on me. But uh, but I can kid with Kathleen because Kathleen's been with me through some, some thick and thin, amen. And but my point that I'm saying is is I've been pastoring here for twenty-five years and we've all grown. And we can cultivate some things. We can come to this place of communion right now. And, and what I'm saying is, I don't know what you may be dealing with. I, there's things I still have to deal with. But whatever it is, I can present the body and the blood and put that between me and that thing. And say, I'm putting the body and the blood of Jesus on this, and I'm going to do better about that. Amen. I'm going to do better about that. You know, that, that one incident that I just told you about, that so hurt me and so embarrassed me that it, it, it made a change in me. And I started seeking the Lord, and I started praying for my people and started praying for everybody that comes to church. Now, that's just, that's just me putting what I did out there. We don't know what you did. Well, some of you I do, but <laughs> we'll leave that. We don't remember it. Love pays no attention. But, amen. Isn't the Lord good? So we want to come to the body first. And remember that we're conformed to the image of Christ. Father, we thank you today as we partake of this bread that according to the book of Romans chapter 8, we are conformed to the image of God, the image of Christ. And we choose to do that right now. And Father, we choose to walk in the spirit and not after the flesh. And whatever may be going on, Father, we place the body of Christ between us and that and we declare we have freedom. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You can partake of your bread this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Now, the cup is the seal. This is what binds it. Amen. This this is the token right here that it's done. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we come to this cup that is representative of your blood. And Father, we just make the decision today whether it's something we've done, something that we have struggled with, or Father, something that uh, we don't ever want to be a part of our life again or our past. we choose to put the blood of Jesus between us and that. And the blood of Jesus, according to your word, cleanses every part of that issue. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. You can partake of your cup today. Glory to God. Now as we're closing, and you can pack your stuff up. I want you to do me a favor. You know, anything that you just received communion over, if it comes back up, this is your response No. I received the body and the blood over that. That's finished. That's finished. That's finished. Isn't the Lord good? And you know, those of you that have been here all those years, I'm sure glad you stayed with me. Amen. Amen. We got at least 25 more years to go. The the Lord told me my next phase of ministry starts at 78. So that's 23 years from now. So glory to God. Isn't the Lord good? How many of y'all want to stick around and help me do that? Oh, glory to God. Well, I'll let you. Glory to God. Amen. Let's stand up.